Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Dan, Chris, Sean, Leeless this week. Thank, thanks to a dodgy pizza or the Mac Expo. We're not sure which one. Or an assassination attempt. By him or on him? On him, I would have guessed. <laughs> I was going to say by him. I mean, I'm not saying that there's anybody important in the UK at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> this is why Dan's here and we're keeping him well yes. within our sights. <laughs> He's suspiciously dressed like the milk tray man on holiday. <laughs> yeah, I was disappointed when all he brought was hobnobs. I was expecting a quality chocolate experience. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Formula One. Formula One. Um, Canadian Grand Prix this week. Yes, it is. Um, finally, we get a chance to see if the engine upgrades that the teams have brought in are actually engine-y, because you can't really use them in Monaco. Um, not, to, not to a great extent. No. Uh, did anybody t- take engine upgrades to Monaco? Uh, Ferrari to the customer teams, I think, did they not? Yes. Haas and Alpha got the upgrade that Ferrari had put into their cars in Spain. Okay, yeah, but you, as you say, you won't get to really see it until Canada. Mm-hmm. It's very strange to do an engine upgrade at Spain anyway. Um, but yeah, well, it's usually the, the, the swap out of the engines, isn't it? The whole power unit. At, um, yeah, because it's the seventh race and it's round about the time that everything gets changed. We'll we'll go into a bit more depth in that later on because we've got a... Got a we will preview got, the race. We have a Canada preview coming up, but uh, there, are a, there are a few newsy bits as well. Um, some substantiated, some not. Most of it unsubstantiated. For some reason, it's been a quiet week. I, th- I think all the teams have got the Monaco hangover. I don't think it's been a quiet week. I just think it's been one of those weeks where lots of little bits have come out, but there's nothing of any real meat. Do you know mm. what I mean? There's nothing you it's can not say. Been a big news this week. person definitely said that, and this is what they said about it. So all we have is unsubstantiated rumours. As if there's a load of sort of F1 media that needs content, but no one's doing any content, so let's... Make our own. Let's make some well. stuff up. That's what you could call a quiet week, isn't it? <laughs> yes! <laughs> well, that went round in a perfect circle. First thing I've got on the list is Vettel to retire? Question mark. There are lots of question marks on tonight's podcast notes you'll, you'll see. In fact, <laughs> in fact, is everyone, see is everyone here listening. aware of, Be- of Betteridge's law of headlines? I'm aware of Betteridge's you, oh yes, car showroom. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah I know Betteridge's car showroom. It's in Foxdale. We drove past it yesterday. Right. Betteridge's law of headlines is if the headline is a question, the answer's no. So is Vettel set to retire? No. no. <laughs> According to, and this is where it goes into really dodgy territory, the Daily Express... The well-known F1 source. It's barely a newspaper. <laughs> it's, re- it's read by people who still wish uh, Princess Diana was still alive, because the Daily Express wished that Princess Diana was still alive. And every two weeks during the summer, they always have a headline, Britain set for massive heatwave. And in the winter, Br- Britain set to freeze. Yes. Neither of which actually ever happens. No. Only on weeks when they don't predict it. So, according to the Daily Express, Sebastian Vettel is set to retire and Fernando Alonso will be taking his seat in Ferrari next year. Well, it's not just according to the Daily Express, is it? Joe Saywood has, um, was, was the first, I think, to publish, publish the, the, the rumour that started circulating around the paddock at Monaco. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the Daily Express has said that the, the uh, Ferrari are about to tap up Fernando Alonso to replace him. Lee broke this story months ago. 
Yes, he did. Did he break it or did he just babble? No, Um, Lee Lee is also broken. I suspect all these people are reporting what they've heard on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Not just that. Lee has also broken many other stories. I think Lee just gives us a rumour every week in the hopes that one day he'll turn around and go, told you. (laughs) He just likes to sit there and say, stopped clock. Yeah. Well, the Daily Express quoted a story in uh, Spain's Maca. Marca. Marca. Which, unfortunately... Got taken down. So, is this an official denial? (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) Well, let's be honest. Fernando Alonso is going to be really pissed off with McLaren, especially after the Indy 500 failure. Um, I I did say at the time, and he didn't qualify, I think we've seen the last of Alonso... McLarening in a McLaren of any description. McLaren, are they going to run an indie program full time next year? No, no. they are like, going. What's to... his face has gone, hasn't he? Bob yeah. gone. Yeah. I think um, the latest rumor that I've read on that is that they are going to attempt the 500 next year, but they're also going to do the Grand Prix of Indianapolis the week before, right? And a couple more races earlier on in the season to get a feel for. Oh, how an IndyCar team actually should work. I was going to say, doing the Grand Prix of Indianapolis as preparation for the Indy 500 is a shit idea. They're they're not not the the same same at all. It's in the same place. But you wouldn't use the same car. You use a different car for ovals that you use for a road course. It's like playing the French Open to prepare for the French Grand Prix. (laughs) I've seen the race of champions at Wembley Stadium. I've also seen football matches at Wembley Stadium. <laughs> These two things aren't necessarily connected. <laughs> True. But yeah, apparently McLaren are going to enter more than one in- indie race next year. And to, they to would... get a feel for how the team works. I, th- I think I think it's mainly to actually build a racing team. Maybe. Centred around the 500. But they because... would want Fernando Alonso to drive for them in that particular instance um however could fernando jump ship not jump ship as such because you know he's not tied to the formula one team at the moment but could he jump back to ferrari it's entirely possible um i think alonso would do don't, f- don't forget the um drivers have left ambassadorial roles with teams before to go to another f1 team michael schumacher was a ferrari ambassador for yeah. the two years after he retired yeah, and then signed for Mercedes. Signed for Mercedes mm-hmm. and severed all ties. Yeah, I think Fernando Alonso would be doing would be currently doing a better job in that Ferrari than Sebastian Vettel, for example, is doing. I think you, I think you're probably right, and I think Alonso takes less um, less crap from the team and usually tells them what strategies they should be running, and teams tend to listen to him. Uh, yeah, unless he's been told to save fuel in a McLaren Honda. <laughs> yeah, we'll never see that again. <laughs> um, would would it be would it be worth him going back? The problem is, um, would that rub Charles Leclerc up the wrong way? Maybe, but is Ferrari's problem at the moment not the fact that Vettel might retire, but the fact that they are currently Ferrari? <laughs> <laughs> I th- yeah, I don't think Vettel is the biggest problem in the no. team. No, but, and but, another driver won't fix it. No, the other problem, if Alonso was to go to Ferrari, I don't think they would be particularly amenable about letting him skip Monaco to go to 
Indy 500. So if that's something he still wants to do, then that might not be the way to go. Yeah, I think you obviously have to give up the whole McLaren thing, you know, or anyone, you know, doing doing the Indy 500 or anything like that. Just, yeah, I don't see him. I don't see it at the moment, but it's certainly possible. Well, I mean, he's talking about doing Dakar next year, and isn't Dakar usually around about the same time as pre-season testing, so they're not going to let It's usually him... early, isn't it? Yeah, they're not going to let him skip year. out on that. I, th- I think what Fernando Alonso wants at the moment is to build a real, real motorsports legacy, more than you get for being a two-time Formula One world champion. Yeah. Now, if he could retire like he has done, then swoop back in and be the guy who won Ferrari's first world championship since Kimi Raikkonen. Technically, he was the person that won Ferrari Kimi Raikkonen's world championship. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he was, yeah. But I I think if Ferrari were up for it, and if there were no personality clash, Alonso would dump Dakar to race Formula One for, for Ferrari. If he thought there was a realistic chance of him winning. Don't forget, <laughs> he's just, in silence. <laughs> don't forget he's just launched his own um, junior series racing team as well. So, Well, what, yeah, the Fernando the assist, Alonso, the Fernando racing, Alonso team. racing team, which yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing <laughs> those initials yeah. on timesheets. Well, he's had a karting academy for a few years now. Mm. Um, and some of the 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 elite of his karting karting academy are ready to move up to take the next set into single seaters. So Fernando's created a Formula Renault team. Um, did, did you say they're like full Euro Cup spec full, cars? Uh, full Formula Renault Euro Cup. So that's yeah. what two liter engines. Yeah. Um, F three style chassis. Uh, yes. Yeah. So it's you know it's kind of skipping the whole entry level single-seater thing for... Formula Ford 1.6 kind of thing. Yeah, Formula 4 and stuff like that, you know, that you, that you see in, in various countries. But, yeah, straight into, like, an F3... Yeah, monster, essentially, from karting. Let's be honest. You're, you're karting in, like, a 125 or a 250cc cart. Then all of a sudden, you're in a 2-litre Formula 3 car, <laughs> you know. That's, um and and their their sponsors. I don't know if you spotted on the picture. There are many sponsors. It's not just the mm. Camoa team. I was going to say that it, <laughs> it, it, it's more, there's more to it than hats. Yeah, buy hats um, on your head. <laughs> and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this is Fernando sort of making his early moves into you know team management. Mm. Uh, as I, I don't think he'll ever go away. You know, he'll be much of the much of the um, of the ilk of kind of like. I don't know we've just we've just lost him. Nicky Lauda, you know, always around the sport in one way or Alan, another. Alan Prost. Uh, yeah, Alan Prost turns up when when Renault were there. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, somebody like that, somebody who's always around the sport. Um, no, I don't think he'd be one of these drivers who just sort of fades away into obscurity, and you see him like maybe once every couple of years. Um, he'll be there. You can just see it going in sort of thirty, forty years time. He'll still be turning up at Grand Prix and he'll be doing the Jackie Stewart thing. But where Jackie Stewart always wears tartan, <laughs> Fernando will turn up in a suit made entirely of baseball caps. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe who knows? But yeah, um, Jackie Stewart's another one. You know, he's always around races, isn't he? With an um, opinion to share, usually. Yeah, usually. Yeah, uh, Alonso will be that that type of of ex driver, I think. When... With an opinion to share. Yeah. 
Well, even Jackie Stewart managed his own team, didn't he, for a while? Yeah, yeah. So well, I, it was more of a figurehead because it was his. It was his son Paul that was actually the. Um, yeah. He was actually running the operation, and Jackie Stewart was. Uh, it, they didn't use the term honorary team principal, but he was. Yeah. Because Paul Stewart Racing's been around. Um, I think that was around for a good ten years before Stewart F one. Right. And I think it was just attaching Jackie Stewart's name to. The organisation. And it was a joint venture with Ford as well. Yeah. There is, that is worth pointing out. Yeah, but attaching Jackie Stewart's name to the organisation was the thing that actually got them into F1. Pretty successfully, really. And of considering, yeah. And after what they've turned into. Jaguar, Red Bull. They're now Red Bull. Did all right, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. did very well. Not too shabby. Next thing we've got is the Renault qualifying car. For 2020. For 2020. Now, when I first read this, I thought they were building a separate car. <laughs> like, what, hang on a second, that's not the rules. You can't do that. You can't build a car to, to run on Saturday and then race a totally different car on Sunday. But that's not what's happening. No, so Cyril Abitabul has said that basically qualifying is all that matters. So let's just build a car that's shit hot for one lap so that we can be as high up the grid as possible rather than trying to make up places in the race. This seems foolish to let this slip <laughs> so early before 2020. And also to hire one of the sport's best overtakers. Yes. And here's a car, block people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, what if they get it wrong? What if they're still behind Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull and any other team on the grid. So they, they might find themselves in a Q3 shootout with a car that they've specifically designed for qualifying. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They're, they're, Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull are so far ahead of the rest of the teams that it's just, it's not the moment with the rules staying the same, it's not attainable for any team to sort of join that pack. I, I think I think this is a case of Renault just wanting to have the best Renault engine car on the grid. Oh, hang on, they are. They haven't. <laughs> Not that, not yet. They don't. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand why several people would say that because if it was genuinely a good idea, he would keep quiet about it. Yeah. And is he trying to goad someone else into doing the same? Or well, something? like the strolls have got to turn around oh and God, go. Oh, it's a really good. That's idea. a really let's good idea. Let's let's build a <laughs> yeah. Let's build our racing point to do that next year, <laughs> so that they. <laughs> I don't think anyone's falling for it, if no. that's the plan. I, I think this is a continuation from last season. He's just said it to troll Christian Horner. Maybe. <laughs> he is a mumbler as well, isn't he, a beta bull? Do we think he might have just been misheard? I don't know. They've the taught him how to use a microphone this season. Because <laughs> every, every time you hear him on TV, you can actually make out separate words wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, media training I think he's had for English speakers. Yeah. Rather than just me, I, I've I've actually um, I've actually heard um, some of the comments in French that he's done for Canal Plu. They have taught him how to use a microphone because he was just as bad when he was uh, talking <laughs> oh, French. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, he was. Um, I think the best way to describe it is deep throat. <laughs> yeah, I think somebody somebody sat and that. the microphone in front of the teeth. <laughs> Sounds like a creaking door. Yeah. <laughs> Or Sideshow Bob when he stands on a rake. I thinking of Sideshow Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have we got next? 
Grand Prix of South Africa. The, those rumours will not go away. They are they are coming back quite strongly again. Yeah. So we talked about this a bit last week because Kailami has said it wants to come back. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, Red Bull have turned up there. Not at Kailami, but South Africa generally. Yeah, one one of their demonstration runs, aka David Coulthard doing donuts. <laughs> Would it be beneficial to Red Bull or uh, a Red Bull sponsor, perhaps even Red Bull themselves, to have a Grand Prix in South Africa? Is it a market perhaps that they want to tap up? Is it a rumour they started, like the Dutch Grand Prix, and then took their car there and went, look, everybody, don't you want Formula One here? <laughs> And in, until the rumours circulate so much that F1 can't ignore it and starts talking to people. Could be. I'm just going to have a look on the Red Bull Young Drivers website and see if they've got a South I African driver that they rate I don't believe they do. I think they're... They I haven't think got any Young Drivers, got, have they? They've got a couple of Aussies. They've got um, a Norwegian guy. I think they've got a, a couple of other from the Nordic neck of the woods. And I think they've got an American. Oh, and they've got Pato Award, obviously. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Pato Award has been told not to do any more oval races. Oh, has he? For the rest of the season. Oh, interesting. Was, it, was that what? Uh, yes, that, I've yeah. left that off the off the list, but it's yeah. worth it's worth pointing out. Pato Award, the me- Mexican, 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 Irish, not Irish, Mexican. <laughs> but his name's Pato Award. I know, <laughs> Patricio. Okay. <laughs> I worked with an Indian gentleman whose first name was O'Neill because that name had been given to him by his Indian parents because they'd visited Ireland once and loved Ireland that much they wanted their son to have an Irish name. Okay. It's just they gave him an Irish surname. There, there are wow. a lot of um, South Americans with Scottish surnames. I think it was during the Second World War, a lot of Scots were posted to South America and they just stayed there. i'm on the red bull young uh list of red bull young drivers at the moment and they don't have a south african no but no what but but for the last few years they've been popping over to hanoi and there's no vietnamese on no it's more it's more the market probably rather than red bull go to a place and a, and, a, and, and a race grand prix there yeah Yeah. because because they want people in that country to To, drink red bull their red bull it's it's to do with global domination. Nothing to do with Formula One. It's Red Bull spreading the word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any any South African listeners? Can you tell us what the biggest local energy drink brand is over there? Because we haven't got a clue. And just see if it's something that we can see if it's something that Red Bull need to try and probably is Red Bull. It probably is to be fair, but there could be more. There could be more Red Bull. Yes. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't forget we're meant we're meant to drink Monster over here at the moment because it's the TT races fueled by Monster Energy. Advertising doesn't work on me, says, <laughs> says the man who might have bought Monster Coffee. <laughs> the Monster Coffee is all right, actually. I don't mind Monster. Monster's all right. I prefer it to Red Bull. Prefer the Valentino Rossi one to the Lewis Hamilton one, but we've done the taste test. We before. have. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton Monster tastes like shit. There goes the sponsorship. <laughs> um, oh, here's the thing. How, did they not launch a Mexican, like, Day of the Dead style um, monster for, like, last year? Yes. And now Red Mango Bull... Mango Loco. Yes, and now yeah, Red good. Bull have acquired a Mexican. Oh. I wonder, ah. if, I wonder if they're concerned that monster are edging in to the Mexican market. You might, you might be onto so, something So they've, here. they've acquired a, a Pato Award. And he's gonna so get why the Mexican pa- market. 
Yeah. <laughs> so why has Pato Award been told to miss oval races? Because he didn't qualify for Indy, had a crash in practice, and um, at one point was slower than Max Chilton. So he's shit, basically, is what you're trying to say. He's all, he is good on the roads, to be fair. Um, and he car shares with Charlie Kimball, doesn't he? Who did quite well yeah. in Indy, so that's probably a better right, idea so, anyway so for them. oval driver... Yeah, make the oval driver do driver. the ovals. Yeah, but much like they do with the cars in Indy. Yeah. yeah. Road car, mm-hmm. oval car. Because he was qualifying in a road car, wasn't he, Pato Ward? Cause yeah, because he, he wiped destroyed his, his, he wiped oval, his oval car. car. Ah, okay. Um, in fact, he was he was qualifying in Max Chilton's road yes, he car. Was. Now I'm really confused. <laughs> <laughs> I I still th- I still think we will see him in Formula One within the next few years. Maybe, especially if he's if he excels at road courses. Yeah, but will we see him in the South African Grand Prix? See what I did there, getting him back on topic. <laughs> um. Last last South African Grand Prix, Kyle Army ninety three was it? It was ninety two or ninety three. Yeah, Mansell yeah. won it. Was it? That would be ninety two. Mm. But I'm pretty sure they went there in night for the opening round of the ninety three season was in Kyle Army. I'm using the normal left handed googling computer to record on tonight, so I'm not as quick. <laughs> well, I, I, I did look this up his... last week when we were talking about. Yeah, it. we talked about it last week the and then didn't. Didn't. Talk I do about remember it, from looking it up though they have some really cool um, runoff area. Patterns, no oh, right. In okay. a sort of not not quite like Paul Ricard, but similar. Lots of colours. Yeah. So yeah, is this going to be another one where Red Bull turn up to do, start doing demonstration runs, and all of a sudden Formula One go, oh, actually, people do like Formula One. Let's put a race there. Yeah, yeah. As I say, it's just it's Red Bull pushing the market, isn't it? There hey, isn't... we've got a Dutch driver. Let's do lots of demos in Holland. Ooh, look, there's a <laughs> racetrack here, right on the or right on the beat. We Formula One pedigree here. Let's send Max round on a demo run. Ooh, would you love Formula One to be back here? Oh, look, it's back next year. Look at that. <laughs> I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, though, from looking at what, looking at what Kyle Army's like at the moment, they're going to have to build a hell of a lot more grandstands. I think, from what you could see on the onboards, it seats about 50 people. <laughs> <laughs> also, just, just on, a, on, a, on, a, on a slight weird tangent, the, Us? yeah, <laughs> there's, what, there's something like 13 official languages in South Africa, mm. one of which, one of the major languages in South Africa, Afrikaans, which is fairly close to Dutch. Yes. Just saying. Somebody wants to send us a tweet with the Afrikaans word for conspiracy. <laughs> I'm assuming it's the same, just spelt with a K. Uh, and an I-E at the end, <laughs> probably. <Yeah. laughs> There'll be a double A in there somewhere. And that's another listener base we've just lost. You look like you've just Googled something, Dan. I do, yes. Oh. Alan Prost won the 1993 uh, Kyle Army Grand Prix. Ah, with Senna in second and Mark Blundell in third. What a trio. Blimey. I, I seem to remember Damon Hill getting hit early stages and spinning round. Mark Blundell, who is now um, having a new one torn in British touring cars because every other driver on the grid says he's too old and bloody useless. Oh, dear. Apparently he's not, um, he's not finished a race yet or he's not spent a whole race going the same direction. Old and useless. He's getting overtaken by his back end quite a bit. Uh, we'll move on. He's not that old, is he? He, is he, can't, he can't be older than Jason Plato. 
No, Mark Blundell's. But it must be in his sixties. He's. I think he. I think he yeah, is. Or he's very. Okay. He's very close to sixty. But he's. He's had a long break from any form yeah, of racing. Suppose, yeah. So I think lost. Lost his edge. We'll say to be polite. <laughs> yeah. So Porsche then. Wants to get in. in wanted to get in in twenty twenty one. Develop According to Gerhard Berger. Mm. Ah. Well, there's, there, there, there is... <laughs> Didn't there. see that, ah, yeah, that's Ah, He was the one who, I think, initially was like, yes, Porsche coming with an engine. And they, they've they built one, or they they were going... Or they built a model of one um, which worked on all the computer models and everything that, that, that they can make it show. Um this was often this story was often reported with a um image of like a 3D Porsche car making it look like that Porsche might enter as a manufacturer um sole manufacturer I would imagine I would imagine they'd just be like yes here we are we're a sole manufacturer new to the sport and also everyone have our engines <laughs> um i I don't know what to think of it, to be honest with you. I think the four that are in are kind of locked in at the moment, and it's 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 such a tight knit club that it took Honda four years to sort the shit out to, you know, to get to the point where they are. Well, I mean, the whole the whole thing about twenty twenty one was getting more engine manufacturers in because Aston Martin and Ford, Porsche. And VW were in there. VW were in there at one point, possibly even Chevrolet. Cosworth came out of the work from somewhere. Yeah, Cosworth attended the uh, consultation meeting. There was a consultation meeting, wasn't there, um, about the 2021 regulations? And Cosworth attended. Um, Cosworth actually built a power unit for the 2014 rule changes, um, but decided that it was too expensive for them to produce. Um, power units for Formula One cars. That's why they pulled out. They built one that they they said it was too expensive for us to produce this many over a season. But I think the, the main thing that um, the main thing that was attracting Porsche to uh, coming back to F one, or certainly supplying engines for F one, was that the MGUH wasn't going to be part of the twenty twenty one regulations, which of course now it, it is. is. Yeah. So that uh, made I them think change. that was the big thing attracting. All of the people mm. who were thinking about coming in, wasn't it? Yeah, because that is far and away the most expensive part of certainly the development is making an efficient MGUH. And they were looking at standardising it, weren't they? They, they, they decided no, it was, not get, to... it was getting rid of the MGUH and a standardised MGUK. Right. Oh, but that I... was what it was at one point because everything about 2021 has changed more than once since these rules were first discussed two years ago yeah um because it was going to be eight cylinders still hybrids at one point i have to agree with lee i think it's not going to happen in 2021 wasn't this isn't there meant to be an announcement next week were we talking about earlier yeah um i think you said you said there was no you you told me i didn't tell you oh i thought (laughs) you you told me (laughs) there's there's meant to be an announcement it's sometime in the next week or two that um, the 2021 or the first draft of the 2021 regulations will be published. Yes, this was in Automoto und Sport. We trust them. Yes, saying next week, I think. Yeah. 
So watch out for jump cuts next Tuesday. <laughs> yes. Guaranteed to happen. And yeah, I mean, the, the last thing was, as far as the regulation or the power regulations go, nothing's changing. Which is why we'll still end up with the same four engine manufacturers. Yeah. Uh, because there is no, there's no incentive for any of the new ones that F1 were talking to to come in. Because they'll have to spend an absolute fortune developing technologies that they don't have at the moment, that the other teams do, just to play catch-up. And with using Honda as an example of a team that came in one year late. Yep. I mean, all right, a lot of that will come down to the McLaren factor. Well, a lot of that will come down to Ron Dennis. A lot of that will come down to, to, to McLaren. Yeah, I think you were right the first time. And it just did, it didn't, you know, it's taken until now for Honda, really. Yeah. So that's going to, that's going to put off a lot of the, lot of the other manufacturers. It has and to for, be simplified. Yeah. And Formula E appears to be an easier way to get a motorsport present, get a global motorsport presence. Do you know why? Because it's simple. Yeah. They are, the rules are simple. <laughs> and Formula E does have, um, even though it's, a, you know, it has its faults, but it has some close racing, which you don't... Faults? Fan boost. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, majorly. Um, but, you know, the, you do get close racing in Formula E. I haven't watched an awful lot of Formula E races over the last couple of years, but the, the ones I have watched, you know, there's a little bit of, okay, maybe they've got something going on there, but it... The quality of the racing has improved massively. Yeah. I'd like to say the same about the quality of the circuits, but long run from the start, down somewhere narrow, in into a hairpin, every every track. <laughs> well, I think that's that's what's going to happen if you have all city centre circuits. Yeah. There's not a lot you can do. Oh, no, they had this at the airport as well, though, didn't they, where they could have pretty much mapped a circuit wherever they fancied. Yeah, they had the entire, the entire apron and um, former runways at Tempelhof Airport in Berlin. They still put a narrow hairpin on there. I think it. I think it's in, in the rules that there has to be a hairpin on the circuit somewhere. That's, that's not a joke. That is actually, I think that is something that has to be set. Right. Because I think they're designing it so that you can see, well, crashes. <laughs> yeah. Because crashes make people watch, let's yeah. be honest. Unfor- unfortunately. And even if it's a low-speed crash without a dri- without putting a driver in danger, it's still a crash and people will still watch it. Yeah. yeah. I've really got my cynical marketing ploy head on tonight, <laughs> haven't I? Well, at least not here. Someone's got, to, someone's got to do it. But yeah, Chris, I'm definitely with you that I don't think we'll see a new engine manufacturer in Formula 1 until... Whatever comes after 2021, which could be... I want to see what Ross Braun's com- comes up with first. But yeah, it's going to be years, isn't it? Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be under the 2021 regulations. I think we'll be looking at um, 2026 Yeah, before we see... We I may get, we may get one leave. I think it's entirely feasible that 2026 will be the, the actual next real formula change. Because the as I said just just now the four that are in there it's like a secret little club and if they say no to something, then you know what what are Formula One going to do about it unless Ross Braun's a lot more hard nosed than he's letting on. Well, he should be. Didn't you say about Ferrari's veto earlier? Uh Dan, I think so. Oh, was about it Dan? Veto. Somebody said oh. it. 
Yes, um, Ferrari have vetoed the the um, Liberty's plan to take away Ferrari's veto. <laughs> so much irony. <laughs> That's like turkeys voting for turkey. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, the Ferrari veto is still going to be a thing in the 2021 regulations. You physically can't remove it, can you? Because they can always veto anything. <laughs> the only way that I could see see it getting passed is... If they missed the memo. Yeah, or they just word it in such a way with like um, 17 octuple negatives and an extra one just to make sure so that when they say we reject this, it comes out that they've actually ap- approved, actually approved it. Yeah. it. No, I don't think they used their veto to veto the veto. <laughs> uh, I think they just said if it wasn't in there, we're not going to stay in Formula One. Oh, you've got to love the Ferrari foot stamping. Actually, no, you don't. I'm bored of it now. Ferrari foot stamping? Yeah. Yeah, it's rubbish. Yeah, give, give them one last concession and that's it. No, not even give them one last concession. No, the concession is they can carry on having red cars now. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, <sighs> We're inviting Lamborghini to join and they'll get a veto as well. <laughs> <laughs> Now, that would be interesting. Surely, if anyone should have a veto, Alfa Romeo, the very first champions of Formula One, should have a veto. <laughs> yes, but they're not really Alfa Romeo, are they? Well, they, off- they they're, offered it. They're the Sauber team who had their first race at Kailami in 1993. They did, actually. But, you, know, <laughs> you did do some very good <laughs> Good Wikipedia page for the circuit well, of Kailami, I think, then. I think Alfa Romeo were offered a veto, but Ferrari vetoed the offer. Mm. Shall we preview Canada instead? We can give it a go. Yes. Because the next thing on here says Mercedes engine upgrade. Allegedly. Uh, which they are bringing to Canada. Yeah. Um, just to rub a little bit of salt in Ferrari's wounds, some some pundits thinking that uh, Canada might suit Ferrari a little bit better than Mercedes. Uh, then Bonotto turns up and says, uh, actually, we're not expecting to bring uh, an awful lot of upgrades for the next couple of races because, well, we don't think they'll work. You've been too busy um, schmoozing at the MotoGP this weekend as well. Binotto. Yeah, he turned up there. Oh, okay. It was, it was Maybe he's looking for a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ducati are mission win now as well, but they, they are, are actually yeah. winning now. So. They, yes, yes, they are. But the um, is it ever since they, ever since Ferrari took that on board that Kim, Kimi won a race, and that was it. I think so, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Kimmy has won now. End of win now. Yeah. So, hang on. K- Kimmy won a world championship for Ferrari. Yeah. Ferrari stopped winning world championships. Kimmy, won, Kimmy a race. won a race for Ferrari. And then left. Ferrari stopped winning races. Yeah. Ferrari haven't released another book of haiku since Kimmy's either. This is where they've gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, Ferrari saying they're not, they're not bringing any changes... Um, a lot of pundits thinking that Ferrari possibly could have had a, you know, a slight upper hand at, at Canada. And then Mercedes turn around and go, you know all that power we lost when we uh, when when you changed the rules ever so slightly? Well, we found a way of getting it back. So we're going to have roughly an extra 20 horsepower 
looking like will take us over the thousand horsepower threshold again. So, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, 20 horsepower is not a lot, is it? Let's be honest. It's a... Uh, not, but but not if, if, you'd... if you've got if you've got the option of having an extra twenty, you'd have an extra twenty. Surely. Yeah, it was like a like a two fifty cc motorcycles. You know, a standard Rogo one's probably about twenty horsepower, something like that. Yeah, yeah. some of those two fifties can shift a little bit. Yeah, although when you've already got nine hundred and eighty behind you to begin with, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Low, low diminishing returns. I mean, what basically what Ferrari are saying is that they don't think that they can bring an upgrade an upgrade on quick enough to give them the extra downforce that they need to actually get the tires working. It's, this this harks Th- back this... to the whole philosophy thing, doesn't it? You remember um, Alpha and Ferrari went with that strange front wing philosophy, and we all thought, "What have they done? They're the only teams who have done this sort of." Um, when we had scarves on a few weeks ago, as well, yeah. talking about you know the, the the pushing the air around the the car a certain way. And the the secret designer who does the um, BBC column, um, he stated early season, it looks like Ferrari have boxed themselves in to a philosophy that if it doesn't work, they can't really bring many upgrades unless they change the whole aero philosophy of the car. And, and that they l- can't do that, that now. That looks like that's <laughs> the position they've got themselves in. Because the, the, their main problem is getting heat into the tyres. Yeah. And all right, they've got the straight line speed advantage. But it doesn't matter what temperature your tyres are when you're going in a straight line. You need them warmer when you go into the corners because that's what gives you more grip so you can take the corners faster. Uh, Yes. So you go really, really quick and then you just have to break even more for the corner. And and also, we, we've we've seen what happens when Ferrari are being told that they've got an upper hand at a race. They tend to just forget about that and throw it away anyway. Yeah. Are we taking bets on how they, how the Ferrari strategy team are going to absolutely screw things up this weekend? I don't know that the Ferrari strategy team will will screw things up. Just, just Ferrari in general. They'll they'll, they'll find a way, won't they, as a team collectively? Yeah. Well, you only notice it if they've got a chance of winning. You're thinking True. they might just not bother trying to win. <laughs> could, we, could we be seeing Mercedes going up against, well, I would say Red Bull, but Max Verstappen this weekend? I don't think Honda has got the power to put Max Verstappen near to the Mercedes. Probably I, not. I think this could be a boring Canada. We need rain. We need rain and we need um, Ferrari to be playing mind games by saying, oh no, we don't think we'll get very much. Sandbagging. Sandbagging. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a tricky one for Ferrari, especially especially with the tie problems. Obviously, that means it's going to be a tricky one for Haas as well because they're getting the same, the same issues because... I wonder why. Um, <laughs> because they share a mindset. Haas, I think, have been a little bit better on the tyres the last couple of races, though, have they not? They brought upgrades in Spain, which seemed to seemed to help. Um, some of the upgrades worked, but when Grosjean and K Mag decided to have their little thing, all the upgrades fell off. Well, <laughs> yes, they look good on the side of the track. Yeah, it's, it's it's a tricky one. I mean, Canada is is an out and out power circuit, and heavy on the heavy on the brakes as well. Yeah. 
So I can say Ferrari struggling. I can say Haas struggling. I I think we're going to get a good performance out of Toro Rosso this week. Even though they're Honda powered? Even though they're Honda powered. I mean, I don't think Honda's that far behind, in all, all honesty. I think they're probably even power-wise, probably slightly ahead of, of Renault. I think we will see both the Renault teams struggling. Um, McLaren and, of course, Renault. Um, purely because of the power deficit. I mean, Canada isn't like the second most uh, throttle-heavy circuit on the on the on the calendar. Think, yeah, I think it is. Obviously, Mon- Monza is the yeah. Is you're, the heaviest. you're you're a full throttle at Monza for like eighty percent of the lap, aren't you, or something? Yeah. Uh, you're, Canada something like seventy percent. I think Canada something. and Spa are pretty close. Yeah. Pretty close to each other. I'm not. I'm not sure which one is more, but it's still a hell of a lot. Yeah. So reliability and sheer power are going to play a part, which is why I can see what that Ferrari are. Um, you know. Maybe maybe breathing a little easier going into this one, but having said that, for the reasons I've just outlined, I can't see anything more than you know Mercedes. Does this not say, dominating, but but just being comfortable, t- turning the screw a little? Does this importantly show what we think of Ferrari these days, where? What we're we're calling what they're saying mind games very late on in the conversation. Three or four years ago, it would have been oh Ferrari are coming out with the yeah. mind games already. Now it's Ferrari are basically screwing themselves over that badly that we don't even think that um, we don't even think that there's mind games going on until quite a way into talking about. Yeah, it. <laughs> you know that's that is the most un Ferrari thinking ever. Unless Bonotto is a very un-Italian Italian and is just taking things very slowly, making sure he literally understands every little thing about the car and the team before they go into into next season. He may he may well have said to the, the you know, to his bosses, Look, nothing this year. We had nothing last year, there's gonna be nothing this year. Uh, I know that because of the many years I spent in Formula One. So don't expect anything in 2019. Give me I'm, a year to look at everything, and I'll give you results in 2020. I mean, this this car at the moment would have been designed under the Marchioni Arriva Bene watch anyway. Yeah, but uh, Benotto was technical director, wasn't he? So yeah, he, so he would have had a big say. Still have quite a yeah. good idea of how the car works. So, so as team boss, do we actually think he went in and said, "Right, I'm not sure." How good a job the old technical director did. Give me, <laughs> give me a year. Maybe not, but uh, the Dilbert principle then. But as as technical director, you don't have to know everything about every little part of the team. As team principal, you probably should. This is uh, just the warning that the ferry has just come in behind us, so we are now going to get half an hour of very low frequency bike noises as they all drive off. Yeah, and as we. Discussing earlier burnouts. Yeah, if some of them get bored and stuck stuck in traffic, they will start revving. We hope they all enjoy their time on the Isle of Man. Yes, and we won't slag them off too much. No. (laughs) So, well, well, we Ferrari Ferrariing. Yeah, I hope they don't. But was that was that the missing verse from the Twelve Days of Christmas? (laughs) (laughs) Twelve thirteen Ferraris Ferrariing. Yeah. (laughs) 
It was meant to be eight, but they were running a little slow. <laughs> Charles <laughs> Oh god, we've got to rewrite the twelve days of Christmas for Ferrari now, haven't we? Oh god. Sorry, you've got like six months to think about. Yeah. It. Um who else do, who else do we see getting something out of this weekend? Because I mean obviously, like you say, Mercedes it's a given, they will be strong. They will be strong. Um Williams apparently, according to Claire Williams, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Which says the Well does that tu- mean they're they're just about to come through the tunnel on lap one in Monaco? <laughs> or the wind tunnel's on fire. There is that. Light at the end of the tunnel, how? Did she elaborate on that? Of course not. (laughs) Uh, I think with Williams, until we start seeing results on track, I wouldn't believe that sort of PR. I think Williams are... I think that's bag sanding, and we are going (laughs) to see Williams so far off the pace in Canada. Strange, because they got the Mercedes power unit, but... I don't think the Mercedes power unit is making as much of a difference as it used to. No. Because Racing Point have been off the money in the last couple of races. They they might do quite well here. I mean, Lance Lance Stroll's got his home crowd. Yeah, they're going to have... I imagine they'll be bringing updates for this one because they will want to go well in front of a Canadian. Yeah. I'm going to read you the Autosport headline about Williams. Oh, good. And I'm gonna I'm gonna see if you think the same as me. The Williams Formula One team believes a mid-season update package will decide whether its change of philosophy for its 2019 car was the correct decision. I mean, firstly, not a headline. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very much uh, opening paragraph. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of information. Yeah. In, in... So basically, they're bringing an update in that may or may not work, and if it does work, may or may not be the right thing. Good plan. And they're trying to decide if their 2019 philosophy was correct, bearing in mind that the 2019 car is slower than the 2018. I'm going to go with no, would be my money on that one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh, that's a good point. We always... Whenever we, 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 we predict or we bet, we always try and guess, don't we, who's going to win, who's going to score points, who's getting a surprise podium. But Usually no one. Yeah, <laughs> usually nobody. Um, but I wonder if you get... What are what odds you'd get on, on being like one of the Williams finishing last? I think you could bet on it, and it would be one of the first bets in history where if you were right, you'd lose money as well. <laughs> <laughs> the odds are that low, it's not even worth it. Yeah, they probably. did not finish last in Monaco. Monaco's always an anomaly. George Russell finished 15th. He did. Mm. Genuine 15th out of 19, was it, finishes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there was only, uh, only Charles Leclerc that didn't finish, so... <laughs> Gutted. Home race, home race, he didn't finish. <laughs> It can happen, but... Talking I'm... of Williams, though, Robert Kubica's got good memories at, and bad memories yeah. at Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Mixed bag, I think, yeah. for him, Canada. Yeah, totals the car in a wall one year, win, comes back and wins it the following year. Sauber's only ever win. Yeah. Could we could we see Robert Kubica doing something similar this year, either totaling the car or coming back and getting a good result? I think one is more likely than the other. I didn't say coming back and getting a win, I just said a good result, which, <laughs> could, which could be 17th. Okay. <laughs> Maybe, unlikely. Um, yeah, I, I think I think a wipeout would be more likely. Mm. 
But I'll go. I'll go back to saying I think we're going we're to say good things from Toro Rosso because they've they've got they've got a nice sort of tidy car this year, and I think it's going to be it's going to be quick in a straight line. And Albert and Kvyat do tend to, and I don't mean this literally, but they push each other quite a bit. Albert has in, a good in race the, in the right way. Yeah. yeah, Albert has a good race. Kvyat has a you know a, a good race. The next race, you know the. They're, they're, so sometimes Kvyat's pushing Gasly as well. Yeah, they're fairly, they're fair, uh, and Albon, they're fairly evenly matched uh, as yeah. teammates, which is great for Alex Albon because this is only his first season. Danny mm-hmm. Kvyat's obviously the experienced one on the team, but the yeah, the, the dynamic they've got at Toro Rosso works for them at the moment, driver wise anyway, um, and that could see them picking up a whole load of points as the season goes on where other teams start squabbling in fighting that 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 connection that they've got could see them could see them going further up the up the order yeah i think we could see a reasonable looking performance from the racing points but mainly because we've Canada. said that <laughs> no not even that we've said that the renaults are unlikely to do well no the mclaren but, i don't but, think will that's like the Renault engine cars. Yeah. Um, Sal, uh, so, sorry, Alfa Romeo are nowhere at the moment and probably not going to bring improvements. Haas are saying that they've found ways to... that they've potentially solved their tyre problems. So... And Williams are still at the back. W- Williams are still at the back. So, so that leaves racing point. So yeah, racing default, point might accidentally be. fall to the front. <laughs> Might accidentally fall to the front. I like least that. Least shit. Yeah, yeah. Least shit of the rest. I mean, the the, the battle in this one is going to be for who is the fourth best team. Yeah. Um, if you say that, you know, you think that the Honda engine doesn't have the power to get Red Bull up there, then could think, it be a third best team? Then? No, I, th- I, don't I think, think so. Red Bull are. They've They're got pretty more strong of, in that mm. position. More of a package. The, they have a better chance of fighting for second than they do of slipping down to fourth. Unless you're Pierre Gasly. <laughs> Verstappen has a better point <laughs> of bringing Red Bull up to the second best team. Than... <laughs> He's still learning the car, apparently. Oh, right, okay. Still learning the car, really? This Is that pedal why they... goes, this pedal stops. Get out there! Yeah, <laughs> is that why they've asked Hulkenberg if he wants to join the team? Now that Allegedly. has been that has been officially denied, so <laughs> it's nonsense. Apparently, I don't I don't think they get Hulkenberg in from outside because I don't remember the last time any Red Bull team did that. When was the last time a Red Bull driver came to Red Bull that wasn't part of Red Sebastian Bourdais? Oof. What a successful move that was! Because <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't affiliated with Red Bull when he was in IndyCar the first time. And he went to Formula One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna go for David Coulthard. He was. He was. Um, he was. Uh, oh no! It was Weber who joined Coulthard, wasn't it? Weber joined mm. Coulthard. It was Coulthard and Clean, wasn't yeah. it, for a while mm. at Red Bull? Mm. I think when Red Bull, well, when Coulthard drove a Red Bull, uh, he finished eighth a lot. That was that was in that that was in their first season, and he'd already, I think he'd already signed for Jaguar when Red Bull bought Jaguar, so he came as part of the furniture. 
and Christian Clee and Red Bull had been um, sponsored. He was the first driver they sponsored in F1. Right. So he was the original young driver program because they. Uh, so when I he think was the, fir- the first Red Bull young driver was Patrick Friesacker. Ooh. Oh, Friesacker. Yeah. There that you is, go. That is, that is a name. Wasn't he? Um... His only points came in the uh, the infamous 2005. America, yeah, yeah it was six was, car. Job. Was he the? Uh, he was the other Jordan, wasn't yeah. he? That wasn't Tiago Montero. That sounds about right. Yeah, he's, uh, yes, I think he would have been. Bloody hell! <laughs> but so yeah, yeah he Re- was. He was the first, the mm. first member of that. But yeah, Red, Bu- Red Bull don't don't take outside drivers. So we've no. you know, we in all the time that they've been in F one, we've just mentioned three people you don't hear about anymore. Yeah. Well, you don't hear about an F one. Uh, that yeah. but that Bordet's not he's 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 not shit. <laughs> no, but he was in Formula One. Yeah, true. Then again so was Alex Zanardi. Z- <clears throat> Zanardi had good moments. He was just in, in, ba- a in shit bad car, cars. yeah. <laughs> um so shall we yeah, should we do some predictions for Canada? Yeah. Yeah we can do. You've I, already got Lee's. I have some sent through. I will get Lee's here. Which are Alonso, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hamilton, Bottas and Vettel with... Bold prediction. Charles Leclerc in the Wall of Champions. Interesting. I'm going to go the other way round. Uh, I'm going to ask somebody to pass me a pen so I can make a note of everybody's in this room. Bruno's favourite pen. Oh, great. <laughs> With the company that Chris works for on it. Yes. So we know who brought that one round. <laughs> Probably dropped it. Um, I'm going to go Hamilton, Bottas, Leclerc with Vettel in the Wall of Champions. I'm going to go Bottas, Hamilton, Leclerc. Any Wall of Champions predictions? Pierre Gasly, go on, be brave. <laughs> I'm not going to predict that. <laughs> uh, I I will go for Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen, uh, and for the Wall of Champions, I think I will go for Raikkonen. He's been as an champion. actual champion. If I have to pick a Wall of Champions person, I'll go for Verstappen. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to go for Hamilton, Bottas, Vettel. And Stroll in the Wall of Champions. I reckon. Uh, I'm sure he'll have a different wall. Um, Yeah, I'm sure he'll have an event at some point. Daddy, buy me my own. Um, We do have a guest predictor this week. And it's another of our long-time listeners. This one is uh, Jana Rubansky who complained at the weekend that the IndyCar coverage was making that particular bit of Detroit look prettier than it was. Did I see somebody complaining that there was no commentary for IndyCar as well? Uh, only during the American ad breaks. They're not doing what BT did. And ah. The Sky also didn't show the qualifying on Saturday. They pressed the button to start it at the wrong time and they showed some bits, Basketball. Of, the, bits of the track with no commentary on them. <laughs> a couple of IndyCar's equivalent of the Porsche Super Cup doing nice. their qualifying session. And then after about five minutes of that, they showed the um, Nico and Keki Rosberg driving around Monaco again. Oh, God. 
Jana's predictions. She says Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. Although her heart says Leclerc, Vettel, Ricardo. But her official ones is Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. Well, I, I think Jana's head is smarter than her heart. <laughs> well, I, I don't think it's impossible that uh, both Ferrari drivers and both Mercedes drivers will will at some point come together. This this season, not not yeah. all four of them together, but no, they want hell of a yeah, crash. Yeah. Leclerc and Vettel will 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 ruin each other's race at some point, and I believe Bottas and Hamilton will do the same. I mean, the last time the two Mercedes, there were two Mercedes drivers fighting for the same championship, look what happened in Spain. Yeah. And, and that was, as you as you well know, early doors. That, yeah. that year. And then look what happened in Austria. Yeah. So it can happen. Ferrari are doing everything they can to keep the drivers apart, which is including forgetting to pit one of them for an extra 20 laps. <laughs> one of them? You mean Charles Making Charlotte one Claire? of them start yeah. in 15th. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's it's in the always garage. the same one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean the number of tweets that came out on the uh, on the Saturday afternoon after qualifying. Well, at least they won't be fighting for the same bit of track now. One way to separate them. So we will see how things go. If you want to do your own predictions, then go onto our website threelegsfourwheels.com and go to the games section. And have a look at what you're doing with your mic stand. It won't stay. It just pinged itself up. And now I, thought, I, thought you were, I thought you were playing basketball with it. You kept pushing it down. Well, I'm pushing it down because it won't stay down. <laughs> wants, wants me to stand up clearly. <laughs> so anyway, you go to the website threelegsfourwheels.com, go to the games section, and the prediction leagues on there. Log in with social media. Put your top three and poll who you think will get poll and who you think will get the fastest lap. We will find out on Sunday. We and uh, we will be live blogging the race on Sunday. Yes, tea time race for us as well. It is, which yeah. is nice. Yes, better organise getting some food in for that. That's not a bad shout. Um, what is next? It's shunting time, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Right, I have, I have a load of shunts here. What I have been sent because I told people to send some in to me, just in case, in case of Lee's absence, in case Lee's not around, and. Let's have a look. Literally picking at random. Uh, and where's the where's the one that? Uh, you've already, you've already chosen one. I have already chosen one. I, I believe I, there was a short list of two. There was a, there was a short list of two, but I'm I'm going with this one. This is this is either our first shunt from two people, or this is from. Um, two people that share an email address. This, according to Google, this is from Paul and Leslie Carter. Oh, okay. Thank you, Paul and Leslie. Although he's just signed it, Paul, so they are, um, they obviously do share an email address. Yeah. Where, they're, where they're from in the part of the world, they're a bit low on email addresses, so they thank you, Paul. They have to distribute them. Right. I was born. Correct way to start. In 1943. Okay. okay. I competed in 96 Grand Prix. And I just want to say, he spelled the plural of Grand Prix exactly right, Didn't which nobody ever does. Amazing. Grand, Not Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Grand Prix. I have competed in 96 Grand Prix, which Good. is how, how it's spelled it. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, the racing team, which bears my name, entered F1 in 1966 and last competed in 1974. And I will need a guess. Ooh, a race or a team so, that... Bore somebody's name from 66 to 74. Which would be about the right amount of time for a 100 Grands Prix. 
correct way of saying yes. it. Yes, I'm conscious that I someone's made the effort, so I feel like I need to as well. Um, so yeah, it's not necessarily a racer. The team that yeah. bore my name. Hmm. So 1943. This was someone. If they're still going, it would have been be... 23 and 66. Yeah. So it probably was someone driving. Maybe. Um, maybe as young in the 60s to be mm. a Formula One how, driver. How old? How old would this person be now? My maths is my maths head is not on. 76. If I was being completely and utterly impolite, I would say, yeah, younger than my mum, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> um, not coming with the inspiration. No, no. me neither. Uh, it, it's before... I was instantly going to say that someone yeah. like Brabham or something, like that, but they mm. race up until the 90s. Um, Cooper, perhaps... I don't know how long Cooper were on on on, on the grid for. Don't know. Should we, should we say Cooper? Jo- yeah. John Cooper? Okay, you're going to go with that as your first guess. Yes. All right, cool. Clue four. In it's not right, but it's a guess. <laughs> in 1995, I was inducted into my home country's Sports Hall of Fame. 1995? 1995. Okay. Clue five. I started on the front row of the Grand Prix 19 times, five of which were in pole position. Gutted to have qualified second 14 times. <laughs> <laughs> Is it somebody Finnish? <laughs> <laughs> Is it Nick Heidfeld's idol? <laughs> and clue six, so I'll need a guess after this one. A fellow countryman and I won the 24 hours of Le Mans driving a 7-litre V8. Jesus. <laughs> That's not the guess, by the way. <laughs> Is it Jesus? <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've kind of got to assume that someone who's going to have done stuff outside of F1 as well, then, if they've, if they've managed to get into a Hall of Fame. Or come from a very non-motorsportsy country. Mm. And won Le Mans. And won Le Mans. But it's not a completely non-motorsportsy country because they had a country, a fellow countryman to do Le Mans with. This is very true, yes. Um... Seven litre V8. Jensen Interceptors had a seven litre V8. <laughs> Could you have done a could you have done a Le Mans in a Jensen Interceptor? Oh, I know the classes have changed a bit over the years, but I'm guessing as well this will be going back a bit if there's only two of them in a team. Yeah, so that would have been have roughly have, the right yeah. time as well, sort of. Yeah. Seventies, early seventies. Back in the day when they were allowed the same tablets that truck drivers aren't allowed. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've got nothing. Yeah. Um Should we stick with Cooper since we've yeah. uh since we've got absolutely nothing else. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Clue number seven. A quote from a Ferrari technical director about me was by far the best test driver I've ever worked with. He had all the qualities to be a world champion, but bad luck just wouldn't let him be. Uh, 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Insert tumbleweed here. Yeah. Uh, clue number eight. I've driven for 13 teams in F1, which is the most by any driver. Wow. If only Sean were here. <laughs> then he would have got it probably oh, seven yeah. clues yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, clue number nine. Mm. In 2003, Murray Walker was my co-driver in a rally. Good God. Imagine that, Murray Walker as a co-driver. That'd be awesome to listen to. Would he commentate on you driving? <laughs> That's the thing. And we're upside down. <laughs> I can't believe it. The lights have gone red. <laughs> And the last clue, there is a spaffer to add to this as well, I but think last we clue, clue number 10, where a guess will be preferred. <laughs> a Formula One world champion said about my run of bad luck, if he became an undertaker, people would stop dying. <laughs> yeah. Good God. <laughs> um, there must be someone who had famously bad luck in Formula One. I mean, not so much that they can stop the dead. <laughs> there is a spaffer. Yeah, go on. Yeah. We're going to need it. I come from the Southern Hemisphere. Was he Jack Brabham would have been my my first guess, but that doesn't tie mm, yeah, in. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't work, does it? Doesn't tie in with the. It might tie in with the Le Mans seven litre V eight. That might have been some sort of Australian built thing. Um, the Holden Struth. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, Tom, was Tom Price from the Southern Hemisphere? Not no, he was Welsh, wasn't him. he? Yeah. Yeah. Was he from South Wales? That, that's not Still the Southern, in the Northern Hemisphere. Hemisphere. <laughs> yeah. New South Wales. I'm thinking of Tom Price's terrible accident at the Kyle Army Grand Prix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, from the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, it could mean, also be South should, American. Then we could be looking at a South, or South American Africa. or a South yeah. African or a New Zealander. Yeah. Or someone from Antarctica. Yes. Yes, the Antarctic Motorsport Hall of Fame. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also Namibia. <laughs> Are we just going to keep Bora naming Bora. countries while we stall <laughs> trying to think of an actual answer? Madagascar. Um, <laughs> do you have an even spaffier clue? How, will we have heard of this person? I will. I'll do my own even spaffier. Oh. I never won a Grand Prix, but won eight non-championship races. Oh, so is this someone who was good at Indy? Eight non-championship Formula One yeah. races. Okay. To clarify. Doesn't help. Um. <laughs> he's, 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 actually, he's actually written that as not an extra spaffer, it's just in the, uh, in the email, and he puts it, and he adds, but that's not the same, is it? <laughs> Carlos Reutemann? No. He will have won races. And he would have been racing a lot later than 74 yeah. as well. I feel we're probably looking at like a, a Brazilian, but... Oh, the Champions League streaker. No, no, she was... Uh, she's Russian, she's I Russian, think, is yeah. she not? Yeah. You, you didn't see the photo then. Oh, no, I've seen the photo. I've seen the photo. 
I think we're looking at being beaten, aren't we? I think so. Might lose this half point. <laughs> Do you give in? Yes. Think so. I am Chris Amon. Uh, nope, still never heard of Widely him. considered yeah, have to be the best driver never yeah, to win yeah. a Grand Prix. Um, that was from, as he signed his email, Paul in New Zealand. If you do use this, it's probably best not to say Paul in New Zealand. That might give them a bit of a head start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure it would have done, Paul. <laughs> thank you anyway. Thank you for that, Paul. Um, if you want to send in your total shunt, there are a couple of ways of doing it. You can send it to Lee on Twitter, direct message at a total shunt. Or if you want to send one through to me for the weeks when Lee isn't here, I'm stockpiling them. Email them to me, threelegsfourwheels at gmail.com. I can pick them up from there. If you want to get in touch with the rest of us on Twitter, the show is at threelegsfourwheels. Everybody else is? Um, At Sean Cowper. At Dan Dankleton. At Flood21. And at Pablo100. Um, you can also get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash three legs, four wheels. We're on Instagram as well. And for the next few days, if we get out and about for the TT races, we'll get uh, videos and pictures of the racing up there as well. Um, just giving a little extra plug for our Patreon show, where from as little as $1 a month, you can basically help keep this show going. It pays for things like the new microphone that we've got tonight and the new cables that we've got that have managed to stop the cat from chewing already even though they only just came out of the packet. Sorry, he's got the box. Yeah, he's got, he's got the box that they came in, so he's happy. So not only are you buying recording hardware, you are buying cat toys. Cardboard cat toys. I was going to say, <laughs> don't tell people they're buying cat toys. Believe me, we have a cat that treats any box as a cat toy. Yes. We spend a fortune of our own money on cat toys, but what does he prefer? Always the box. Everything that the toys come in. Um, if you've got a patreon.com slash three legs wheels, you can sign up there. Yes, you can. Um, Formula Lee, that is still ongoing for another week on the challenge, which is Canada in a Renault in the dry, and you've got till next Monday for that. And I think that about does it for this week, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah, we'll be live blogging the race Sunday night. And... Um, We'll see or you Sunday th- daytime, oh. depending on where you are. In yeah, the Sunday depends daytime, where Sunday, you are in yeah, the world. Sunday evening for Could us. Could be Monday morning if you're if you're, if you're in, New New Zealand. in New Zealand, yeah. like yes. Jeff, like Paul. Good point. We'll be live blogging the race when it goes on, whatever time of the world you're in. <laughs> to the time of the world you're in. <laughs> we'll be doing it I've when ha- it's happening. <laughs> yes, I've had a long week. I did. I did an almost three-hour gig last night. I am shattered. So I think we're calling we're calling it a night. Yes. Uh, thanks very much for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Au revoir.